we are back with an all new episode of Keep It Real. Uh, this episode is going to be a fun one. We have Ray Sani back uh, with me. We are going to have a AMA, a loose AMA, because we really just talk about the challenge. We talk about Big Brother. We talk about Traders, uh, season two, the cast coming up. We talk about politics in reality TV and whether we like that. So that'll be really fun. And then I've got Polly Calafiore from Big Brother and the Challenge here as a guest. Uh, I've known Polly for a few years, uh, and it's been nice for me to get to know his reality show persona and his real life persona. So we're going to talk a bit about that uh, and just how he's feeling about how the Challenge and Big Brother have changed since um, he's joined both of those shows. Uh, so we will be right back with my interview with Polly. My guest today could easily be called a reality TV icon. He first grabbed our attention on season 18 of Big Brother and has since been on X on the Beach, as well as three seasons of The Challenge. And now here he is, fresh off his return to The Challenge USA. Through all the years, we've loved watching his rocky journey. So please welcome to Keep It, Polly Calfiore. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much uh, for having me, Ira. Uh, it is a honor <laughs> and a privilege to be here. And you were very kind, uh, you know, with your words, the rocky journey, because uh, it is it is for sure been a rocky journey. But I appreciate the reality TV icon status. Uh, that's a new one. So I'll take it. Yeah, I'll keep it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for people who watch the challenge, I would say that you are up there in everyone's favorite players, even if you sort of had a history on the show that's been, you know, up and down. Would you say that at least? Yeah, I think my whole reality TV journey has been up and down. And I think that that's where uh, maybe the polarity comes from, because it's almost like, you know, you have high hopes for somebody and then it's like, oh, damn. You know, it's like you're watching. It's like, oh my god, he's doing so good. Oh man, he he did that. That's that's not that's not good to watch. Um, or maybe people loved it. It's it, I don't know. For the longest time, I said I was like the Nickelback of the challenge, where it's like you know you know you're you know you're playing the CDs and you know all the lyrics, but you got to say that you don't like them publicly. You know, because you don't want to be that person that like actually is publicly saying they like Nickelback. I personally love Nickelback, so I'm one of the people that will be made fun of for it. But that's, you know, that's kind of it. But yeah, I'd say Rocky, to say the least. I don't know. My friend here, she actually used to hate me um, when she first started watching me on okay. reality TV. And then when she, when I met her, she was like, oh, you're not a dickhead? And I was like, I can be at times. Um, but even her perception has changed. And, um, you know, she's a Leo, so that's kind of hard to do. I mean, I'm a Leo too, so <laughs> yeah. I would also say that when I met you, it was for a premiere of the challenge, and I didn't know what you would be like in person, but I could say that immediately meeting you in person, I thought I, I liked you immediately. So it, you do have a very different persona <laughs> than the one that people have seen on the challenge. Uh, well, first of all, I love my Leo peeps. Um <clears throat> Second of all, I remember that uh, premiere. I think it was for All Stars 2. 
mm-hmm. which was just like it was it was all madness going on with all the OG people there. Um, but yeah, I get that a lot. And I think kind of, you know, what people are translating to me from what they've seen on um Challenge USA too is they're like, oh, this is the this is the guy that we know in person, and this is the guy who, you know, you show in in real life and everything. And for all the reasons as to why I I guess never showed that on reality TV. I just, um, you know, always kind of kept myself protected in that realm. So my mindset for the longest time was like, in order to keep myself from having people around me that might not have the best intentions for me, I'm just going to like put up this wall of like, stay away from me. Cause you don't know what, you don't know what I'm like. Right. But uh, I get it a lot. And I'm always kind of like, well, what do you, what do people think? is going to happen when they meet me. Do they think I'm just going to run up and scream in their face? Do they think I'm just going to like run up on them and like <laughs> punch them in the mouth? Like I, it's always like so confusing when people like me, when they're like, Oh, like that's okay. It's like, they expect me to just immediately show up to a party and start fights with people. And I'm like, come on guys. Like we're a little bit more classy than that. <laughs> well, speaking of even crafting a reality TV persona, I want to talk a bit about, you know, big brother where, you began, and also that's currently airing now. You were on season 18 of that show. Tell me a bit about stepping into the Big Brother house and then being on television for the first time. What was it like, I guess, being in the house? And then what was it like leaving the house and realizing that you know people had been watching you every day and had a maybe different perception of you than you thought you'd be perceived in the house. I mean, it it was crazy. Um, stepping into the house was was something pretty unreal. It was it was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of excitement. Um, I think when it hit for me was I think the first day, like when we went in there, um, you know, because you have a little bit of a buffer period before live feeds go on. Um, mm-hmm. They shut the back door. Um, to the mm-hmm. backyard. And like, that's when it really sunk in. Cause I automatically, I had never thought that I had like claustrophobia or anxiety. And then as soon as that back door shut, I was like, Oh my God, this house is really small. And I kind of can't <laughs> breathe. And I kind of can't breathe right now. <laughs> um, and I like, I remember I like went into the diary room and I was like, Hey, is that door going to be sh- like shut? Like, for a long time. Like I just like, I'm, I just took it like an energy pill to like work out. Um, you know, so I have all this energy and like, we're in this house. It's very hot. The air conditioning isn't on. Everybody's breathing in here. There's 16 of us. I was like, I might pass out. So like, can you let me know if the door's going to open? And they're like, we're not supposed to, uh, let you know anything. And that's when I was like, okay. Um, thankfully they opened the door and saved me from a mental breakdown day one. Um, but being in the house was just so interesting because once you start playing the game, you're so focused in the game. You're not thinking of anything else. Like you're just Mm -hmm. almost focusing on the game so much, or at least I did because I didn't want to focus on the realities of the fact that I was in an enclosed house. That was very small. That was very uncomfortable. You don't know who's telling you the truth. You don't know who's lying. You don't know how you're being perceived Um, in the outside world, you're just kind of being yourself. Like little things can just, uh, piss people off. Like you may, uh, scratch the back of your head 
like nonstop. And people may just like be watching and be like, I don't fucking like how this guy scratches the back of his head. What a, it's weird the way he does it. Um, you know, so it's like, you're so under a magnifying glass, especially with the live feeds. Um, but my mindset coming out of it, um, I didn't really care how I was perceived, you know, cause I'm like, listen, I'm just me. Like you are going to see somewhat of a raw, authentic version of me, which I think is missing, um, from reality TV as a whole. Um, you know, lately I, and I went in there just kind of being like, listen, I don't care if I'm going to get adored by social media, hated by social media. I'm not here for fame. I'm not here for clout. I'm just going to be authentically me trying to win this game. And if it entertains you, amazing. If it doesn't, also amazing. I, and I and I think that I stayed true to that when I got out of the house and I did interviews and people were like, oh, how does it feel that like you're not as loved as your brother? And I was like, I mean, I'm only here for the people who do love me. I don't really care about the people who dislike me. Like I'll, you could keep watching me. And I think that that's where a lot of the polarity and like the hatred came from um, for a long time is because I just wasn't willing to cater to those people who didn't like me and who maybe never would like me. I always wanted to cater to the mm-hmm. people who understood me, who who liked me, who, um, you know, uh, rooted for me, who like were able to dissect like game from real life. Um, you know, and I think that that staying true to myself is the only reason why I've been on other shows. Um, you know, because they don't want like a, a boring cookie cutter character on, on other shows. Like they want those characters that really don't care. Um, and you know, they'll stir the pot, they'll do what's necessary to win. Um, and that's kind of where I found my place, um, on all of these shows is just kind of being, being that guy. And I feel like I've always brought a different persona per se to each show I've done. Um, but it's all versions of myself. It's just, to me, I'm like, man, I'm a Scorpio. So like, I'm a shell. I keep everything like bottled up. And like over time, it's like, I open up the shell and like, you get to see more and more of me until I feel like very extremely comfortable. And then you get to see all of me. Right. So like, I feel like what you've seen progress over the time you've seen me on TV is just me opening up my Scorpio shell in a way. You mentioned your brother, and he was on Big Brother two years before you. Uh, what was that like watching him, I guess? And then how did that sort of, you know, um, how did that sort of make you evolve how you were going to play the game in season 18? Um, I mean, watching Cody navigate the way he did socially was just like an unreal unreal thing. I mean, it was like, it was the most impressive thing that I had ever seen from like a social game standpoint. And then like, you know, from a competitive standpoint, like he just knew when to turn it on and, you know, won out all those comp wins, uh, in the end. So me going in, I mean, there is definitely some sibling rivalry. Like, you know, we always (laughs) through athletics, we were always trying to outdo each other. And, you know, if I won a first place trophy, he needed to win a first place trophy and vice versa. You know, if he got accolades, I had to get accolades. So like there was that aspect going into it where I was like, man, how do I, how do I take what he did and almost evolve it? Um, You know, and I think that that, you know, the only thing that I really wish that I didn't do is let like the competitive side of me kind of take over um, early on, Um, you know, so like, and he 
warned me and he told me and he was like, listen, he goes, you're going to be tempted to let the competitive side take over. He said, don't win comps early on. He said, don't let the, um, you know, cutthroat guy come out. He's like, keep that guy like in. He goes, just have fun. He just, he said, just go in, have fun, build relationships. That's all you need to do. Um, and I did the exact opposite. Hence why, you know, once it got to, <laughs> once it got to day 65, everybody was like, get this motherfucker out of here. Um, and, uh, and they did it in, in a, in a fucking epic fashion. Um, and the meltdown was real. Uh, and it was, and it was good, but also, you know, going into that season, I was, I was kind of on like emotional crutches going into that mm-hmm. season. Um, and I think I buried myself into the game so much to like, kind of not have to deal with the emotional crutches that I was going through at the time. Um, And then kind of like once my game unraveled and I realized that it was over all of that stuff that I had been suppressing, like went right to the forefront of my brain. And it was just boom, the tears, the meltdowns, like the everything um, happening. Um, And then when I left the house going into the jury house, like I like, it was like a weight being lifted off of my shoulders. Like when I got evicted and I walked through the doors, I don't know if I've ever heard other players like describe what it's like, but to me, it felt like all this pressure came off my shoulders. It felt like people like uncorked my ears and just steam was just coming out. And I was like genuinely happy and excited that I was out of the house. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about watching this season of the show people have been talking about how everyone is seems to be overplaying they're flipping votes every day constantly and maybe that has to do something with the fact that Sari is on the show and she's played survivor before how would you say that strategy in a game like that where you're sort of sitting around and doing nothing all day um is different from your strategy when you're on the challenge where you're sort of constantly it feels like you have to be on because you're playing intense challenges every day too. So you have to win those while also strategizing how to get someone out of the house or how to build an alliance. I would say that um, Big Brother and Survivor are much harder from a um, game planning and strategy standpoint and alliance standpoint because at any point in time, things can flip and you could be on the block and you could be voted out and that's just it, right? Like in the challenge, you have to go into an elimination and you have to lose. So you can't do any of this uh, sneaky behind the back. So, I mean, you can, but eventually you get exposed for it, right? Like if you do something sneaky behind the back and it gets somebody thrown into an elimination and they win and come back, well, guess what? Other people are going to that person and being like, Paulie's the one who did it because they don't want the heat on them. And if it was me, mm-hmm. I have to then go to that person and be like, yeah, it was me. Or I could sit there and, you know, lie to their face and be like, no, I didn't, you know, do that. But eventually it definitely, you know, it gets shown. Um, so the strategy in the challenge, I like it a little bit more because you're able to leverage a lot more in the challenge. Like specifically, if you are a good competitor and you're well-rounded and everything, you could almost leverage that to maybe intimidate players to not want to throw you in. Um, But you have to be careful how you talk about it. 
Otherwise, they will think of it of like, if you have a strong player that you want to take out, you need to match up another strong player against them. And if one of them goes home, you don't care. Um, so like mm-hmm. you, there's a nuance to how you leverage y- your competitive abilities on the challenge. Um, but you also have the ability to just go in there and play alone and be like, I'm in here. If you're going to, if you're going to say my name, say it with your chest. Um, once you do just know I'm targeting you, I'm coming for you. Whereas in like big brother and survivor, it really does have to rely on relationships and not giving away too much. And you have to cross reference so much conversations to try and pick up and catch what people are saying and what people are doing be like, okay, so I've had this conversation with this same person four times. They've switched their story every time they're lying to me. Okay. Now I've had conversations with the people that this person said that they've been talking to. And I haven't given away that they've told me that they've had these conversations, but what this person is communicating to me is different than what this person's communicating to me. But now I've spoken to this person four times their story has stayed the same four times. This person's lying. I got to flip on them. Right. So like there's much more nuance that goes into big brother and survivor. Whereas like the challenge, it almost exposes it pretty fast and pretty immediate. And you almost know exactly where the lines, you know, are. And even with the challenge, like people come back and they play multiple times. So it's like, you already kind of know going into a game, like, all right, yeah, these people have worked together four seasons in a row. I know for a fact they're working together. You know, big brother and survivor doesn't have that. Hmm. Um, you said an interesting thing earlier where, you know, you talked about sort of dynamic personalities on reality TV and what you feel is sort of hinted at sort of what you feel is sort of missing from shows now. What would you say is something that you would critique about the way reality TV has sort of evolved lately? <clears throat> um, you know, so my critique, and I've been saying this for a long time, like I... Uh, I said this, I believe when like my brother went on, uh, big brother and season 16, like exploded, it blew up. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the characters from that season have gotten more attention than any other season other than like the icons, right. That exist. Mm -hmm. Um, like the Janelle's, the Rachel Riley's, like, you know, the Dr. Will's, uh, Dan Giesling's like go down the list. Um, but when that season aired, I noticed that there was a lot of previous Big Brother players, specifically on Twitter, they were just constantly like tweeting, like trashing and dogging the players and saying it's boring and the gameplay is boring and it's steamrolling. Even though from a viewer standpoint, it was getting so much attention and so much love. Mm-hmm. I said, this is a very slippery slope that like you guys are taking this stance because the, you know, I'm, I come from the mindset of like, a rising tide raises all ships. So Mm -hmm. if the show is getting bigger, you should kind of want to like help be on that tide rising. And by doing what you're doing, you're emboldening fans to critique so many aspects of the game that don't matter that they have no idea about when you should be talking about it from like a game standpoint and a character standpoint Um, And I think where it's translated to is because people aren't willing to, you know, say, hey, listen, let's watch this from a show standpoint. And is it entertaining? Like, let's just watch it. Let's take our personal feelings outside of it. Like of like, oh, I didn't get as famous when I went on this show. I didn't get that many followers. I don't think that they took that aspect out of it. And they saw all of the followers that the season 16 people were getting and they were mad. 
Um, and where that's translated to now is, you know, everybody has complained about so many things over the years that now reality TV personalities have become boring because now they, people go into shows saying, I'm going to do everything possible to get a good edit. I'm going to do everything possible to do what I think fans want to see. And then the castmates on the shows don't bond the way that they should. And they come off the shows and then they play this game of like, oh, these people are loved. Let me migrate to them and only praise them. These people are disliked. Let me stay away from them and trash them. And the other people who have done previous seasons also do that. And I think that there needs to be a coming together of like, do you want TV to be entertaining or not? Because if you're going to complain about every little thing, you're going to get boring TV. And like Big Brother people for the longest time was like, oh, we're so tired of the steamroll seasons, the steamroll seasons, the steamroll seasons. And it's almost like now they're complaining that the votes get flipped every other week. Well, it's like, Mm -hmm. you need, like, stop, like, just watch the show for what it is. And you can't have your cake and eat it too. So you have to be like, what do I want? Entertaining TV? Okay, well, then I need to be all right with people getting into arguments. And I need to be all right with those adults being able to resolve those arguments or not, or don't resolve those arguments. As long as there's nothing that's crossing the line, like mm-hmm. crossing the line that it's like, all right, hold up. Now we have to address this. Let people argue. Let people get it, you know, get into, get into arguments. Let them be catty. Let them be petty. Let them do whatever. Like not everything is that big of a deal, right? There are things that are a big, big deal. But to nitpick on every little thing, you're almost like taking away, you know, and and I'll see like the fans and I'll see past castmates be like, why can't shows go back to this? And it's like, because of you, you complain about it. You fucking complain about this shit. Not, you know, I'm not saying you are. I see your tweets. You're like, you love when people are petty. You love the messiness. You love that stuff. I see you getting in on the tweets being like, oh, she said this. Okay. I love that shit. I love it. I mean, yeah, but also I, I watch, but also I watch Bravo as well, you know, and that is, um, I think that people have this different perception of watching a show like that, like a housewives or like a love and hip hop, et cetera, where it's filming these characters versus these reality competitions where they sort of want people to be good, perfect people who are playing a game instead of, you know, 100% authentic people. And I think that's where the disconnect comes from is because we're competing for money. Mm-hmm. Like we're competing for money. Like, have you ever listened to an NFL mic'd up from like the nineties or like the early two thousands? Like, have you heard what those athletes say to each other when they're mic'd up? Like if, if every game was mic'd up, would people even watch sports anymore? Because they'd just be like, oh my, oh my God. They say this to each other? Like they're trying to break each other's fingers at the bottom of like a fumble like pile and stuff like that. Like they're gouging each other's eyeballs out. Like what is this? You know what I mean? Like they just see the game and then they see the post-conference interviews, which once again, the athletes are very coached by their organizations to be a certain way. And yes, you have some personalities in the athletic world that where the coaches are like, yeah, do your thing. But if you're watching a reality TV competition show, you need to realize that we were cast for our personalities first and then the aspect of being competitors. 
So like whether we're like, you know, intelligent, strategic, political, all that stuff, like you have to factor it all in, you know, and you can't just sit there and be like, oh, they're on this competition show that I love. They're going to be perfect humans. We're, you know, we're not. And we're also not going to get along with everybody on there. And that's totally okay. That's what makes reality TV good to watch is people not getting along. Mm -hmm. You talked a bit, you know, about arguments on reality TV shows. Tell me a bit about, I guess, conflict resolution and how you go from a moment like, you know, your um, epic fight with Devon in like the um, jury house or your fights with bananas on the challenge and then how you go to a place where these are people you can be friends with. Yeah. Well, I mean, with, uh, with Devon, that was, um, I mean, that was a pretty easy solution because we both basically talked to each other and we were like, okay, so growing up, our families are just slick smack talkers. Okay. Mm -hmm. What was our conflict? we were both talking smack to each other, trying to get under each other's skin to get one person to break, you know, tensions get high. Afterwards we shake hands, hug, ah, sorry. You know? And like, that's just, <laughs> that's how we resolved it. And then, you know, even post, uh, post show, like when we were going into the challenge together, we had a conversation. We were like, yeah, are we going to go in here? We're already outnumbered. We need to, we need to figure this out. Um, you know, we already squashed our stuff. Like, um, you know, it's funny cause I see that clip go viral every year, like clockwork. And mm -hmm. it's wild to me, the amount of people that don't know that Devon and I made up, we're friends. Mm -hmm. We talk all the time. We did a season of the challenge together. We worked together. You know, we, we, we are on the same page. Like I just donated to her daughter's popcorn charity. You know what I mean? Like we're on good terms. Um, you know, with Johnny, that was a little bit uh, different because we were coming back constantly. And like our beef was like very much off camera, on camera as well. And it was just one of those things where enough time went by where we were like, what are we doing? You know, like, are we really going to start this back up? You know, there's all these new players here. Um, I'm sure they're all looking at us similarly. Are we really going to like, you know, go at each other's throats after four years? Like, what kind of growth does that show us like that we are as like humans? Have we grown in four years or are we still exactly where we were four years ago? And I think we both understood like we may have done a bunch of stuff to each other that wasn't okay but we can apologize for it and we can move on. And like, it's just mm -hmm. like anything with in, in life. Like that is conflict resolution. Eventually it gets to a point where you look at the other person and you're like, I don't feel that hatred for you that I felt in the moment. There's no more emotions attached to my distaste for you. So like, let's get to the root of why we disliked each other. Let's squash it and let's move forward. Um, and I think that that needs to be shown more because it's okay to have conflict because everything can be resolved at some point, as long as you don't like cross the line, like I said, right? If you're not using any, if you're not using any slurs, if you're not like really crossing that line, anything can be resolved. And I would even argue that if you make the mistake and you educate yourself and you come back, 
a new person that understands like what you did wrong and really can self-reflect, even crossing the line could be a blessing for you in a way, right? Because it opens your eyes to what you actually did wrong that maybe you would have been ignorant to, that maybe you were ignorant to previously. Um, but I miss the arguments and conflict resolution. And, and, I th- and I think that it's missing from, you know, a lot of reality shows, not the Bravo ones. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why Bravo still is top dog, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, this season you had, you know, um, the moment where, you know, you talked about coming out as bisexual and you also, you know, have done interviews since then and the show has aired. Were there any, um, you know, people who you've been on the show with who you were sort of surprised that they sort of like reached out or maybe had like a different opinion of you after seeing how you, you know, were so much more open this season. I know you talked in your interview with Mike uh, Bloom about how um, when you were eliminated this time, um, everyone came to hug you and you were, you know, surprised to be on like even a season where, you know, like people wanted you to stay. Yeah, it was crazy. And what's even crazier about that is like not everybody that ran down and hugged me like even knew that at that point Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um it was just a very different dynamic this time around i think i was just much more at peace uh just being myself and kind of you know being authentic to who i am and kind of shifting that perspective of like by suppressing these aspects of you you really could be doing more damage to yourself mentally than than good rather than just like being open being like free about like who you are and also shifting the perspective and making that conscious decisions to let go of past rivalries to focus on what I ultimately want, which is winning. And it was very interesting that like I was a place of Zen for people this season. Like, and when they hugged me, they were just mm-hmm. like, who's going to keep me calm? Who's going to, you know, talk me off the ledge when I'm panicking and getting paranoid. Um, and even the reception um, from people watching the show of being like, Oh my God, gone too soon come back, please. We want to see you win and all this stuff. I'm like, this is just a wild experience to me because like I come from athletics. So like every season you go in, you try to make it to the end and you try and win. Mm -hmm. So every season that I made it to the end, I was like, I'm just doing exactly what I know how to do. And it was like, we hate you. We never want to see you back. We're happy you lost. Fuck (laughs) you. And this time around, it's like, oh my God, you're gone so early. Like, no, like we wanted you to win this season, like, and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, I, I really appreciate that and everything. I'm just happy that you guys are seeing me for me um, and not seeing me for like the walls that I put up to protect myself um, all this time. So like, that's been amazing. I've heard from so many castmates, uh, so many just people from all different walks of life. Um, you know, I, I almost wish that I kind of did this sooner because the amount of people that are coming to me being like, Oh, like I'm going through the same thing. Like, you know, Oh, my husband's going through the same thing. Like, Oh, Hey, I'm a young athlete and I'm going through the same thing. Like these uh, conversations I feel like need needed to needed to be out there um, in order to have people who may be in the same situation as me, um, feel like they can they can do what I did and they can feel comfortable in their own skin and they don't have to kind of suppress all of that stuff their whole lives, um, which I think is a beautiful thing. 
And I'm also learning that like, there's a lot of people, uh, you know, like me, which I think is pretty awesome, pretty amazing. Um, so like, that's been a beautiful thing. And I'm just excited as to like where, um, you know, I can push the conversation forward, um, and kind of help the community in that, um, aspect. And I'm even more poised now to, you know, compete and win and, and be like, yeah, I did that. I, f- I finally did it. Like, welcome, <laughs> to, welcome to the show, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was so nice to hear. And it was interesting to even hear about you, like even having, you know, like holding back on anything because, you know, we'd always seen a very loud Polly, even in everything that you wear on the show too. So <laughs> my, my outfits are, you know, I'm excited. I'm exci- listen, I'm excited that I get to show that I get to show the outfits that I actually want, like, like wearing and want to wear, you know what I mean? Like if you, I'll pull up pictures of me from like high school and college and you guys will be like, Oh, this makes sense. Like, why did you dress this way for the first couple of times you went on TV? And I'm like, listen, I like, I'm already loud as it is. I don't need the outfits on top of it. But once again, like all this time off, I've done a lot of work on myself and I'm like, you know what, bitch? Like I fucking Freddie Mercury is my favorite fucking lead singer. Like all of those hair metal bands from back in the fucking day um, that dressed the way they did my favorite bands. Like those are my favorite kind of styles. Um, and mm-hmm. that's how I always had dressed like my whole life. Um, and then I got to TV and I was like, mm, I don't know if, I don't know if people will get it, you know what <laughs> I mean? And now I'm just kind of like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to dress this way. And now I can really lean yeah. into like, always have, I always had my own fashion. Like I never went with whatever the fad of fashion was, um, you know, except for one time I made the mistake of like, you know, wearing the Janko jeans and the FUBU jerseys. Um, it was, it was, it was a, it was a big, I, I look back at that and I cringe a little bit, but like, I always had my own style that I wore and I liked that about me. And then mm-hmm. I kind of came in and I was like, all right, I'm just going to dress like the stereotypical, like tight jeans, tight shirts. That's it. Um, but it wasn't like my own style. It was just kind of like, I'm wearing the most basic thing because I'm a little bit extra and I don't want people mm-hmm. to be like, I, the fucking way he dresses and he's extra and all this shit. And I was just like, so in my head about so many things that I think this time around, I was just like, I don't care what anybody says or thinks about this. I'm coming in and I am dressing the way I want to dress. I'm acting the way I want to act. I'm speaking um, about things that I've always wanted to speak about um, and take it or leave it. Love me or hate me. This is me. This is who you will be seeing moving forward. I'm not saying that you probably won't see me get in somebody's face every now and then, like if they're fucking around, um, you know, like I'll, I'll let a motherfucker know still. Um, <laughs> but it's going to take a lot more to get me to that point than it has in the past where like I was reacting out of my triggers and not reacting out of, you know, did it actually piss me off? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I guess lastly, I just want to ask, you know, Cody joined Big Brother first and you were on it and you've always had, you know, your competitive brother rivalry thing. Where do you two even go from here? He's been on the Traders, but then, you know, he sort of shot himself in the foot on that show. And now you've gone out on the challenge early. What's next for you uh, game-wise? And is there any other game that you feel like you want to play or, you know, um, take on? 
Well, so like we were this close to having Cody and I on the Challenge USA too uh, this season, mm. um, but because of his contract with Traders, um, it just didn't work out. So I'm hoping that there comes a day where Cody and I get to compete together. I would love for it to be on the Challenge, um, mm-hmm. just because I don't want to waste that on a show where we could just get voted out. Um, I would yeah. love, I would love to be in the game with my brother. Um, I think that we have an amazing dynamic. I think that like, uh, how we riff off of each other is great. Um, I get under his skin, um, a lot. Um, just like, it's almost like I'm the annoying younger brother, but I'm the older brother, um, in a way. Uh, but you know, we're both very competitive and, you know, him going out on traders, me going out on the challenge. I think that there's a lot, um, left to be seen, um, for me. I, you know, I just need to, I need to win a show because (laughs) Thanksgiving, here's the thing. Like we played against each other in college in soccer and he Mm -hmm. beat me. So what he's got on me at all the holidays and, you know, as we move on in life and I'm sure we grow our families, I'm not trying to be that grandpa that's sitting there. And then the stories come up at the holidays and it's like, yeah, you know, ask, ask, uh, you know, ask grandpa Paulie what happened in college when we played against each other, you know, ask, uh, <laughs> ask grandpa Paulie how many shows he won. You know, I'm, I'm not sitting there trying to be like, yeah, all right. Okay. You got me. You know, like I need something <laughs> to sit there and be like, all right, yeah, you got that, but I got this. Okay. And you know, I mean, there's other shows that I would love to play like, you know, survivor, I think would be a fun experience. I would do big brother again. Um, uh, I would love to do traders, um, at some point, but for right now, uh, you know, my main focus is, is challenge, challenge, challenge. Um, you know, that is all of those other ones I would love to do at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but for right now I'm looking to solidify like my, myself, um, in the challenge world and, you know, can be considered like one of the greats at some point. So that starts with. I think letting go of everything that I let go going on to this return season. Um, and I think it, you know, the next step is getting that first win. And then after that, putting the game plan together on how to rack up, you know, multiple wins and, and just, uh, you know, push the needle forward in the challenge world. Like I kind of want to, I want to do it for like all of the, you know, OG challengers who like, you know, pushed the show forward during like, you know, a time period, I guess we could talk about it for like over, I guess a decade now, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not getting any younger. Um, and there needs to be people who rise up that are going to carry the needle forward for like when they're, when they're gone. And, you know, I, I feel as though I'm in a great position to be that person and, and I'm ready to be that person. And, uh, you know, I'm ready to show like all the new kids, the ropes, um, the way that the OGs showed me the ropes when I was a new kid. Well, that's great. Okay, thank you for being here, Paulie. No, thank you for having me, man. This is fun. You're the man. It's good to see you. All right, we will be right back for a reality TV discussion involving the challenge, the traders, Big Brother, Real Housewives of New York, etc. with Ray Sani. Keep It is brought to you by Barefoot Dreams. If you want to bring coziness into your life, you turn to Barefoot Dreams, especially now as the brand is celebrating their 30th anniversary. 
With those 30 years of coziness, Barefoot Dream celebrates being the originators of everyone's favorite Lux home blanket. And while many have attempted to duplicate their blankets, robes, and more, Barefoot Dreams' fabrication and quality cannot be replicated. So, don't believe the dupes. There's a reason why Barefoot Dreams has been on Oprah's favorite things list six times, okay? You go on on Oprah, you get in the car, and you're getting some Barefoot Dreams. Dressing head to toe in Barefoot Dreams is the key to comfort, as their collection of ultra-soft robes, loungewear, and accessories are made with premium materials. Their products make the perfect gifts, too. So, for Keep It listeners, you can get 15% off your first purchase at barefootdreams.com with the code KEEPIT15. Don't miss out on Barefoot Dreams' soft, soothing fabrics that will bring luxury to your life. The early 2000s was a breeding ground for bad reality competition series. From shows like Kid Nation, CBS's weird Lord of the Flies-style social experiment that took 40 kids to live by themselves in a ghost town. It was also pretty boring, by the way. To The Swan, a horrifying concept where women spent months undergoing a physical transformation and made to compete in a beauty pageant. Amazing to watch, by the way. On each episode of Wondry's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, The Big Flop looked at The Swan, a competition for women who were hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem? The women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then they were ranked by a panel of judges. And that's just after Truman Capote was done with them. Unsurprisingly, it led to trauma for the contestants and terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. The Crooked Store's latest collection has a clear message for anyone trying to take away abortion rights. Don't. The No Trespassing collection features four different designs, each inspired by a different state where abortion is under attack. There's Stay Out of My Swamp for Florida, Stay Out of My Hole for Arizona, Stay Out of My Prickly Pear for Texas, and Stay Out of My Strip for Nevada. But obviously, I'll be wearing these no matter where I am. A portion of proceeds from the collection will go to Vote Save America's F-Bands, the Fight Back Fund, which currently is supporting abortion rights organizations across Arizona, Nevada, and Florida. Head to cricket.com slash store to shop. All right, we are back with Ray Sani on Keep It Again. We're doing an, another AMA of reality TV questions. Um, I just had a lovely conversation with Pauly Calafior, who I adore now. I think he's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> he, he would love you even saying that, too. <laughs> I've had too much time with him from Big Brother to it's been too long. There's been too much fun. I mean, listen. I'm glad you liked him. Well, one thing that he and I have talked about, um, and we talked about it when we had like lunch the other week too, was the fact that um the show, the challenge, what are you missing from the challenge now? Do you miss the fights, the messiness and stuff? Because yes. that seems to be gone from the show. And yes. I feel like it's a now- lot of it was when remember when he like wasn't on the show for a while it was like they got to the point where they were like no fighting's bad we're gonna stop this and now i'm like okay but i miss you know i miss i miss these dudes 
bothered with each other. You Gen Zers with your wokeness broke our show. <laughs> um, no, uh, so what I do miss from um, shows like The Challenge, and actually, um, although Polly was one of the rare ones, there were quite a few people that um, MTV started to bring from other places and not just real world road roles. So Polly was one of the first several people like that. There were some people from Geordie Shore. Um, there were people from Big Brother, Josh. Oh my God. The Big Brother people they've brought onto the challenge have been Terrorists. Yes. <laughs> Truly. But what was crazy was that when Paulie was on Big Brother, I didn't mind him as much as I ended up minding him on the challenge. Even mm. though Miss Davon had to be like, this is the man you lay with. But he was like... <laughs> He, I don't know. Something about him on Big Brother was like a more charming tyrant. I think maybe like on the challenge, because the challenge was my place to go where I wanted to see tyranny from Johnny and Wes and mm -hmm. CT not knowing if he's a good guy or a bad guy with his Batman ass story arc. But it was just kind of like Polly just got injected and then he and Car Maria just turned into like these bad guys that were like weirdly obsessed with each other. And, and I just. You know, I just didn't know what to do with it. I'm glad you had a good experience with him, though. I'm Is he, like, self-aware? Like, is he a... He's very self-aware. Yeah. I don't know. I think he's very much, like, understands who he's playing on TV, you know? Do you think... So... Do you think he, like... Do you... So, do you remember... Do you remember when Polly was on Big Brother? Because Polly's brother, Cody... I do. Cody, 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 who... Was, was boring. I just, well, he was boring as hell. But then he won. Um, and was still boring winning. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just like a good, handsome boy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I liked Cody. I loved Polly on the show because Polly, first, first of all, Polly and Devon gave us that iconic fight. Yes, in, in the fight in the when in the, the jury, jury house, house used to be popping. Yeah, when they used to let okay. us even see it. Now they yeah. now they give us these like packaged um, things, and it's like smile. Here's a mm. fun question. Look who got evicted, and it's like, right. no, I wanted tea. You know, and they and they're cool now too, which I love. You know, oh and yes, like, they, they yeah. eventually did get cool. And because I think they just realized, you know, they were just pushing each other's buttons in the house and. Um, then, you know, once you're out of that atmosphere, like, you don't have to have beef with each other. Let's right. talk a bit about this season of Big Brother. Oh, um, boy. Are you enjoying oh. the show this season, at least? Um, I am so surprised. This is the first time in a long time, besides the cookout, because I loved mm -hmm. watching everything, even though those episodes did get boring after a while. But I yeah. was still there for the ride, you know? Um I think, like, what was so surprising about this season so far is that, like, I have enjoyed every aired episode. And I can't tell you. It's been edited well. I've enjoyed yeah. it. I haven't, liked, like, been excited to watch Big Brother the way that I am since I was, like, maybe, like, 21 mm -hmm. or 22. I'm 35 now. Um I don't know. I just look forward. I especially look forward to Thursdays, which I'm going to learn to stop doing since there's no such things as evictions anymore. Nobody Girl. goes home. On this. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody goes home. Nobody goes home. What is this? What is it's, this? It's giving. What's weird is um, I watch Australian Survivor and they okay. have at least three weeks each season that are not like non-eviction weeks and twists like that. So... 
I'm used to that happening, but it is weird just having them back to back to back. And also, it did not help when they brought Jared and Cameron back in the house because weren't these the two bitches that everybody wanted was <laughs> wanted to stop so watching bad. on TV? They're <laughs> yes. so annoying. Oh my god! I was like, yo, just bring back Hysom, like. Yeah, and they weren't even. It wasn't even the energy of like. Um, they're, I feel like they're so afraid to even go after people, right? That's why you have Jag saying silly stuff like Sari is bullying people. Because I'm like, <laughs> you have you ain't you ain't seen a bully, bitch. Okay, I know, when, Aaron, when Rachel Aaron Riley a, Kate, right, Aaron, how what you gonna do, girl? What you gonna, what you do? gonna do, girl? What you gonna do? Talk when about had, bully. When you had Rachel Riley come back in the house. Oh my and god. She was she was terrorizing Reagan, that gay boy. <laughs> oh my god, she was so mean to Reagan. But Reagan, Reagan was a little type A. He was like very, was. very Tracy Flick, you know? So yeah. I didn't like Reagan much either, but it was crazy because nobody what's always fascinating is that the people in the house never really know who's popular. And I they love don't. as as much as I hate like bringing back guests. Uh, just to like save a production week or something like that. Like it's very transparent to you and I who are working in television now. Before I worked in television, I didn't see how obvious it would be like, oh, okay, the production schedule does not allow for us to evict somebody this week or later down the line, we're going to double evict. We're going to have another double eviction or whatever. So as much as like I, you know, I don't like that. But I do love when there is an eviction and then somebody comes back into the house because they're popular or somebody wins a, a power mm-hmm. or a prize and then everybody's brain is shook up by it. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like we're not even getting those things this season. Like, I loved how humbled Jared was that Corey got to be, like, in that America's Yes, vote. we need more shit like that. <laughs> yes, I need that. I don't want, like, this impotent kind of eviction where they don't even have to play a game to get right back in. They just, I know they're zombies, but they just walked right back through the door. Right. Like, like and what? And was it there... The one season where um, they were constantly being voted on each week. It's like you, they need to know who is popular each week. Because yes, I think they that do. I think that would fuck with their brains so much. Because someone who really because that's the thing that's really interesting about Housewives, mm-hmm. and I think that's been what's interesting about um, Roni this current season. I, it was so interesting, even knowing who Jenna Lyons was, mm-hmm. that some people like Aaron. Um, did was going after her, not really realizing that she right. was going to be the most popular person on the show. I and I don't think anybody, yeah, yeah and I don't think behavior. anybody expected people to like actually like Jessel early on. No, they didn't, but they didn't, they underestimated us. And again, yeah. like, I don't think that there's a smarter TV consumer in terms of like what knowing what's supposed to happen than a Bravo Real Housewives stand. We mm. know the archetypes. We know how you win the arguments, how you win the fans over. We know how the tides change. We know all of that. And so for there to have been so much like evidence for how you're supposed to play the game and for them to have dropped the ball that yeah. way. Like we love a nut job like Jessel, you know, she's like, <laughs> that would have been, that should have been awesome. Obvious. If anything, yeah. the one the one I was like, oh, 
I see what Bryn is doing. She's working too hard. And I think that Bryn thought she was going to be the fan favorite. You could see it mm-hmm. in her performance. Yeah. So we've got some questions from our listeners. We're going to get into those. A little AMA between me and Ray. First, Ooh. people want to know, what do we think of the Traders 2 cast? Um, amazing. Unbelievable. Amazing. Unbelievable. I cannot believe Peacock can afford all those people. <laughs> well, I think some of the Love Island people probably are paid um, like a Nando's free meal. <laughs> <laughs> and then that dude from Bling Empire, he's probably not commanding very much either. But like, I could not believe Deontay Wilder. Why do you have Deontay Wilder on the trainers? Like, what? Why do you have? What was it, the Speaker of the House? I don't even know what British people call those people. I, like, I was just, I was astonished. It was, it's Tamra, it's um, Sheree, who's gonna be a nothing burger. Um, yeah, like Trishel, Sandra, Trishel. I mean. Peter Peter Weber from The Bachelor. Why did at first I think it was Peter from um, Vanderpump Rules? <laughs> <laughs> he would love if anyone noticed him for long enough to try and cast him. Um, like I, I'm really, really so excited. They got Janelle and Dan mm-hmm. from Big Brother. Like it yeah. is such. He a hasn't been cast. on TV in a minute. And yes. what I'm interested about for this show too is, I mean, I'm such a it's interesting watching Big Brother this season because um, p- there are Big Brother stands and like younger Big Brother stands too yeah. who are who are divided over like the liking Sari. I feel like older Big Brother stands are like yeah. we love someone who's a gamer and manipulating people coming to the house and younger 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 or newer um, viewers of the show are like this isn't fair. This is cheating. And I'm like, girl, Big Brother's always been cheating every fucking season. Right? Like that's, that's, that's the whole point of it. Expect the unexpected used to be Truly. the tagline before it became but first God. So <laughs> that has always happened. But the traitor... <laughs> Sorry, that was like a monstrous cackle that I'm sure blew out everyone's headphones. But truly, what is Julie doing? What is Julie doing? She's, I don't know. The pivot has been wilder each year. Because she started out, you remember last year when she was last year or the year before where she was saying those very cryptic things as the show was ending, like uh, treat others with kindness and like like, karma (laughs) comes back to you. (laughs) Looking directly in the mirror at Sarah Gilbert and everybody into talk, just like be kind. Um, No, she also, the the pivot is also so jarring because Julie is such a like composed, they call her the Chen bot. And so like, so like, for her to do like the God thing, which I associate in my brain with emotional athletes or yeah. like, m- you know, men who are trying to use God to get away with something terrible. It is so <laughs> strange. It's so strange. So bizarre to see this Chen bot who never moves more than like 10 inches in either direction. Just like mm-hmm. try to use this thing that's supposed to emotionally entrap me. It's very, yeah. very, very strange to watch. But first guard is hilarious. <laughs> but I was saying about Sari is she on the Traders the first season being such a huge survivor like a Sari fan she was who I was rooting for you know like even with my Rachel Riley's and I like Brandy and stuff like I was mostly rooting for her and I liked some of the civilians but some mm-hmm. of them were a little whack and got in their feelings too much this season of Traders there's at least 
six different people I'd be happy if six, eight, ten people I'd be happy if they won this season. Well, so, so the divide you talk about one is going to be all over this season because Dan was a terrorist. He was low quiet. He was very quiet about it, but he mm. was he was a monster on the low. I mean, Dan's <laughs> funeral. Uh, what is it? Vito roulette. What are you doing? Yes. Yeah. He was he was chaotic as hell. He has such a sweet, good boy face, so no one remembers. But he was yeah. chaotic and arrogant as hell. And then you have, of course, Janelle. Bye bye, bitches. I mean. Talk about somebody the house was, excuse me, so shocked that everyone loved. I mean, that uh-huh. alliance, friendship, they were like, we're the good people, we're the moral people, and I hate a moral-ass bitch in the house. I'm a good person who plays a game about stealing and lying very goodly. <laughs> but then, like, they hated Janelle, thought she was evil, That the, thought the audience hated Janelle. And then when Kaser came back in the house and when Janelle got, like, most pop, like, what was it? Um... America's Some favorite award. player. No, no, before uh, America's favorite uh, player, there was like she she got some prize or something. They were in the. Do you remember they were in the yeah. diary room yeah. sobbing? <laughs> Why she's such a terrible person? I like seeing that. That's the kind of old school Big Brother I like, where it's where it's just like you know, no holds barred. Like people go after it. You know what I'm saying? You woke Gen Z kids kill my reality TV. Like I keep saying that because it's. It's like if and if Big Brother was on, if season six of Big Brother aired, was on now. Oh, oh my God! Everyone would be getting losing jobs. People would be writing into their employers. I They'd be getting canceled on Twitter. I mean, the fight between Janelle and what's his name, Bo, the black gay yeah. dude. Oh my God! I mean, it it was it was it was crazy. I think you know, it's 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 strange to. I think that especially with the advent of social media, people sort of have a more kind of um, choose your own adventure understanding of what television can be because they get to tell people immediately how they want things to go. And in the past, not so much anymore, people made the mistake of listening to social media and changing content to support it. And Big Brother still does that now. Like even if you pay for the live feeds on Paramount Plus, if two people in the house get into an argument, feeds immediately cut. We will never see the conflict because CBS is very careful about how they show arguments. Editing yeah, it. Yeah. Which That's I will it. say benefited us only once back when Jared and Cameron first came back into the house and they cut mm-hmm. those feeds. When when that Sunday show aired and you saw the aunties <laughs> fighting, Felicia oh and Sari, I was like, was this like, is oh big brother. Yeah, yes. But I mean, come on. They had to give us something knowing that they were gonna give us a week of boring feeds. You right. Know? They had to like they had to be like, okay, but come to the show, come to the show. I you know, um, I'm I'm so glad that we got an injection of a Sari. And actually, I had never seen Sari before uh traders. Um mm. Because I'm not a big survivor person. And yeah. so I started watching um, Traders and our good friend Angelina, she saw me tweeting about Suri all the time. She was like, you're watching Suri? And she was like, you've got yeah, it. And she's she loves Suri. Yeah. So Angelina, it's you. Sh- so the survivor fans think that they're cooler than us because we big brother stands are dudes. And then there's the survivor big brother fans who are just like... Mostly, mostly they're gay. 
yes, the cross- actually. The crossover, the crossover, you were gay or like a, or like a bro who's like very into gaming, like yeah, a Terran or true. a Rob, you know? Yes, exactly. So, um, so going back to something you said, Angelina, not really a big, big brother fan. I think she's seen season 10 and she was like, okay, I'm going to watch this season for Suri because I love Suri so much, blah, blah, blah. And every time an episode's airs, she's like, does this dumb thing always happen? Or when you were like, I was like, yes, production interferes all the time. She was just like, she was like, okay, I love Suri, but I kind of feel bad. Isn't it kind of cheating that Jared is there and they get to keep the secret? And then I was like, no, 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 no. Big Brother's been terrorizing people that way since season two. Like, also, do you remember Project Jared, DNA? They right. went back and found people's long lost siblings and put them in a house together. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, you were no, saying. Also, Jared has been more of a hindrance to Sari than, than a plus. And watching her, get, it's been, it, I mean, it's been fun as a Sari fan watching the Big Brother feeds because you're just seeing mm-hmm. each week how, yes, you know, there was, it seemed like it might be a steamroll at first. And then there was the blunder with getting rid of Heisen. But then, like, mm-hmm. seeing her back up, when her back's up against the wall is when she works best. And as she works best by, like she works best you see it with people being like yeah you know like Sari like she will she will lie to you like she'll manipulate but she'll never actually betray you I trust her I'm like you sound stupid (laughs) but that's also exactly what happened at the end of the traitors too right like she literally tricked these people into giving her all it was really I could not believe it I was so shocked and then so what's Fascinating about Sari is like, I've been an extroverted person who a lot of people have liked, but not like since college or something, mm-hmm. right? There are a lot of people who find me extremely annoying. And when I see Sari, I'm Fuck so them. Ju- Yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> but like, when I see Sari, I am so jealous because I have not seen such a chill, universally liked human in such a long time. Like, literally everyone thinks she's their best friend. I am so astonished. She don't even be doing the most. She's funny. She's quick here and there. Like, she's just chill. Everyone wants to love on her and hug her. And like, and I'm like, fuck you. I haven't been liked like this ever. It's insane. I literally have stolen tons of money from people on national TV. And you guys are in there like, Cerise, my real mom now, you know? Right. And you can also not blame production just because you know, there's another disconnect here. Because I'm like, why aren't you thinking about the fact that Cerise was cast on the show as the last house guest? Clearly, she's probably the most popular person on the feeds. Hello. So they, get she rid got of her, her. Own entrance. She literally <laughs> was waiting in the house with champagne. Like, hey guys, I'm that bitch. Like the production literally focused their target on her for you, and right. they still didn't. Corey's the only one who knew. And that's another thing. Going back to what you were talking about with the traders and the younger versus the older Big Brother audience, I don't even think that a lot of the people on their cast would have watched those seasons of Big Brother. So I don't know that it's going to occur to Sheree to get Dan out. It's going to mm. occur to Sheree to, like, hang with Tamara or something stupid and, like, try and flirt with Kevin from Bling Empire. But like, And you know what I also hope? Um, I really hope that um, Dan is not a traitor. Because I think that I last year it was, it was lopsided with, like, 
with Sari doing her work. Yes, but I exactly. was like, I, you need some people who are gamers, who are not the traders, to figure out who they, those bitches yes, are and get them exactly, out. that's exactly. That's exactly what I want because I did, yes, I agree with you that it was lopsided. But I was also told the other international versions where I also think that there they're was. They're great. The they're other great. international versions are great. There's an element too. It was such a mistake to cast civilians with famous people because there's always just gonna be the mist. We see it every season in Big Brother, for example, or on Survivor where there's a returning player. You would be like, it's so obvious. Get this motherfucker out right now. And that person uh-huh. just manages to snow everybody and then they're winning for a second time all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. I'm I think that it was a mistake to have normies in there with the reality stars. But I mm-hmm. think now there's gonna be a little more wiliness. They know what people are capable capable of. <laughs> I, I'm always fascinated to see the athletes get in there, like Deontay Wilder, like you're one of the greatest boxers on the planet. And I'm like, are, so, like athletes do have to be gamers to some degree. They always do well on Survivor. I mean, listen, after uh, after he gets dumped, uh, Travis Kelsey will be on season three of The Traders. Mark my <laughs> <Yes>. words. <laughs> no. No, I don't want Travis. He's no, no, no. He's too much of a ham. He's too much of a ham. No, we don't want him on the traders. We don't want him on the traders. He's okay. gonna do something like wipe out or some shit. Mm. Please. Okay, you know so next, what problematic reality show would you like to see come back? Ooh. Oh no, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for this one. Go ahead, because I got one. Do you want me to go first? You know a show I'd like to see come back. What? Hot or not? <laughs> okay, now I don't feel that bad because uh, mine was kind of along those lines. Okay, because because like maybe not the point, not maybe not the part of the show where Lorenzo Lamas is pointing like a laser <laughs> pen at people's bodies and I imperfections. Know, but I think one we've got we got lopsided for a bit in like the BuzzFeed era where it became very very um. We became very lopsided in the BuzzFeed era where it was very much the norm to just, like, lust over men on the internet now. We switched that over a bit. But I would think we could go back to (laughs) lusting over both. And also, no shade, ugly people need to be humbled, okay? (laughs) Because I, I specifically ugly people who are bitches because let me tell you, you know that Subway girl on TikTok, uh... The, this this Indian girl, and she's like, you don't watch TikTok. But it's this Indian girl, <laughs> and um, she does dances on the subway with her phone. It's like, I'm the first lady of Juicy Couture. Anyway, oh, she's no. great. She's gorgeous. She's just dancing. And why does this dude have this long-ass post that was about it's her beauty and privilege that lets her dance around freely, you know, oh, like someone someone who was oh, someone on. with a fat body or someone who's not <laughs> ugly would feel uncomfortable doing this. Oh I said, my Shut God. I don't like ugly discourse. Because no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, you're assuming someone like you're assuming someone who's fat, you're assuming someone who's like not doesn't look like her would feel uncomfortable the, doing it. Yeah. There's plenty of people who make videos and shit like that all the time and look right. like every which way in the book, you just would feel uncomfortable doing it because you you're a loser. And the solution to that to <laughs> is ugly people? Is to bring me, get it called ugly on national television. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> you're, okay, you made me feel better because I was dancing between two. 
One is Bad Girls Club, but they Mm. have to bring it back with the country trash white girls that they had in the first couple of seasons that they stopped hiring. Because after Mm. that, it became such a Negro show. And then we the white girls. You so, need you want you want like the Rock of Love back too. Yes, I want I want that era. Do you remember Bad Girls Club Miami where it was like Leah, the like yeah. rockabilly tattooed up girl who was beating up her best friend Kristen, the blonde who was just yeah. pretty. You know, I'm just pretty. It was like it was amazing. I loved that cross section of trash. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one. And the one that I was gonna feel bad until you told me we should call people ugly on national TV was Extreme Makeover, but not Home mm. Edition. The one. Yeah. Psychopath surgeons would perform (laughs) extreme makeovers on people's faces because they weren't good looking. (laughs) (laughs) Like they softened it with botch, you know? Oh, I already did this plastic surgery. It got messed up. Help me save it, doctor. You're a good guy, Heather's husband. No, I'm talking. This person decided they were ugly. A surgeon agreed and showed the makeover on national television. Okay. I think we got okay. only two seasons of that on like Fox. It was on like Fox or ABC or whatever. But I mean, yes, like it, also remember the Swan. Yes, basically. Oh my God, the Swan! Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, early, like that early era of like competition reality TV was psychopathic. Like, what were we as people thinking? That it was, was nuts. that was that was a straight descendant of. Our history, like when you read history books and you remember, um, like the Roman Colosseum, like that's what that oh. was. <laughs> Hot or not, it's the gladiators of our time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and last question, you know, as a political minded person, do you like seeing politics in reality TV? People are what the question says. Thinking, you know, Roni season nine with Trump, mm. and then like thirteen with you know Black Lives Matter, the pandemic, etc. Okay, so I'm I'm going to sound very contradictory when I say it. Mm. I don't want it, but I do want it. But I mm. don't I don't want it from the wrong place. And I don't mean um, like, for example, um, when we all started watching uh, this season of Roni, I did not mind it. I was having a good time. But every time I opened Twitter, someone would remind me that Aaron donated to Trump even after January 6th or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, but that's not part of the show, right? Like, that's just right. you on the internet weaponizing her politics against her because you don't enjoy her on the show. And I right. think that's cheating, right? That's not fair. <laughs> and then... Because like I mean, then you wouldn't. Then you would have to break up with everybody. You would have to break up with everybody on New Jersey. Are you done with OC? In- like right, t- right. Exactly. Like turn off OC. Turn off the turn original Roni. Turn off Salt Lake City. You know. And so I think I don't like the way the audience uses it in Stan Wars. I do not want politics to become Stan Wars on my favorite reality show. That's one. Mm-hmm. And two, I think. Separately, I do want it. I just don't want it forced the way I feel Ebony forced it on us in mm. Roni. Like, it, it's one thing to talk about the off-camera racist stuff that she reported to production. I 100% believe that Ramona did everything that she, they said she did. <laughs> I do. But confronting Ramona about Kamala Harris and Joe, and Joe Biden and Trump, like, on air was not for us. That was for Ebony, right? right? That was about Ebony's ego. And that was about Ebony showing us something 
That had nothing to do with the development of her relationship with her coworker. It had nothing to do with the excitement that we have, um, you know, watching these out of touch. We we purposely want them out of touch. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you don't want them to be Kelly Dodd. But I didn't start watching Roni because Ramona had the right answers. I watched it right. because there was a terrorist humiliating herself but not caring every day. And right. so to to moralize as also a member of the cast, I don't enjoy. But if it's like how Bethany and Carol, that's names that shouldn't be in the same sentence anymore. But Bethany <laughs> and Carol were like... Beth, uh, Carol genuinely was excited for Hillary Clinton to be running for president. And that was a thing she was doing organically. And I do love how messy she got with Bethany and Sonia and Ramona about it. It got messy. It got complicated. It felt like women who are rich and out of touch, whose politics get to be negligible to them in certain spaces because they're wealthy, being like, well, I used to go to his parties. That that was funny to me. Right. I didn't want I didn't want to see um, it being like shoved down my throat. And now we have to aggressively confront something. I want. That's also why I did not like on this recent season of Salt Lake City, where Monica was yelling at Lisa about you know talking about her sixty thousand dollar ring and saying like you're out of touch. And I'm like, this is housewives, yes. girl. <laughs> yes. Don't bring don't bring in this like. And I get, you know, I get, I heard someone say that she was at Occupy Wall Street girl or something, but I'm just like, the, the, I didn't talk about that. Like, you're the 1%. Like, think about it's so out of touch to middle America. I'm like, middle America loves watching these out of touch women yes. so they can joke about how out of touch they are. They don't need exactly. you as a mouthpiece on the show. Come on, I'm not here being like, oh my God, Lisa Vanderpump is the most amazing human being ever. <laughs> it's because you have your stupid pink shoes, your stupid pink outfit that costs $80 billion, your stupid dog. Like, all of this is stupid. You literally have swans in your lake, in your backyard. That is the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> but I love everything about that. And so I just, I know I'm sounding like, keep your politics out of my football. But like, I really do kind of feel that way <laughs> depending on the context, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep dribbling. Okay, <laughs> yeah, keep, keep dribbling. Yeah, keep dribbling, LeBron. No, I mean like, <laughs> just, just like, um, we go, you know, like, there's all these things that Americans have tied up with sports and how we engage with them and what it speaks to about our identity. But Real Housewives is not supposed to reflect us. And mm-hmm. that expectation is, I think, bad for the show sometimes and makes the viewing experience terrible when other audience members try to force that upon me and my viewing experience as well. Like, I'm not going to just like Ebony because she's on the wrong, the right side of the argument. If she's annoying as hell when she's going about it, you know <laughs> you my favorite type. You, stay, you, stay, you got a you point. Stay on her you, you, you stay, yeah, you stay no, on her neck. I can't stand her. Stay on I can't her stand her. Yeah. I mean, well, she really ruined really <laughs> that experience for me. That was. I'm still <laughs> mad about it. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here, Ray. Uh, thank you and for you know, me. this was fun. Of course, you know, we'll have you back on Keep It Real. I'm, I'm so glad you're doing this. Like, this seemed like such a no-brainer. Like, why haven't you done this before? Like, you should have had this reality TV spinoff shit going a long time ago. This is like so up your alley. This is exactly <laughs> what you need to do. And I love that you have this space to intellectualize it and not like bore Lewis to death, which shows he doesn't watch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Polly Calafiora for being here. Thank you to Ray Sonny for being here again. Uh, And we'll see you next week with more Keep It Real. Bye. 
Keep It is a Crooked Media production. Our senior producer is Kendra James. Our producer is Chris Lord. And our associate producer is Malcolm Whitfield. Our executive producers are Ira Madison III and Louis Vertel. This episode was recorded and mixed by Evan Sutton. Thank you to our digital team, Megan Patzel and Rachel Gajewski, and to Matt DeGroote and David Tolles for production support every week. And as always, Keep It is recorded in front of a live studio audience.